You are listening to the Ancient Health Podcast. My name is Courtney Bursage, and today's guest is Caitlin D. She is a pelvic floor specialist. And, and if you don't know what pelvic floor dysfunction is or pelvic health, then this episode is going to open your eyes and no doubt add value to your own journey to better your health and wellness. What you're going to learn in this episode is all about body literacy practices and unpacking how different traumas can manifest in tissues that surround organ systems that ultimately produce symptoms that most people are experiencing, but not linking to structural health. So we start to unpack what your fertility and hormones have to do with pelvic floor health, how having fibroids or experiencing things like incontinence or GI distress or even scar tissue can impact the fascia and the nervous system surrounding your pelvic floor. One of the things I love the most about this episode is at the very end. So make sure that you listen through when Caitlin walks us through the number one practice that she recommends all women be doing. And I got to be honest, this was one I was completely unfamiliar with, yet it's an ancient Ayurvedic practice that women have been doing for thousands of years and it addresses so many different imbalances that so many women now in our modern day are still experiencing so take a listen to this conversation i think it's going to add incredible value and open your eyes to a component of your health that may have been the missing link to you finding true hormone and fertility balance without further ado let's dive in Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here and always love the opportunity to talk about this work. And that was not always the case. If you would have asked me five, even five years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. There's no way that that is my future. And my journey into this work has come through the work I've done in healing my own body and not having places to turn to talk about pelvic health or, you know, it wasn't even pelvic health that I was looking for. It was numbness during sex that I was looking to change and severe menstrual pain that I just thought was normal and part of life in a female body. And through my own journey of receiving a lot of different types of body work through exploration with plant medicine and really healing a lot of trauma that I had in my past. And that began with even acknowledging that trauma from child abuse to domestic violence. And then the loss of my little sister by suicide. And, you know, it all brought me into my body and a journey through many, many layers of getting to know myself better And eventually I found that there was pelvic care practitioners. I had no idea (laughs) that that was even a thing. And so that was the first time that I had really voiced, you know, I am ready to do something about the sex and the menstrual pain, or I'm like ready to get a hysterectomy and just give up. And so it was not so long into that adventure of receiving this work and really starting to understand my body on a deeper level that I started to feel like this was unlocking a deep calling inside myself. And, you know, having, even with a practitioner, there just wasn't a lot of space for me to talk about this work. Like, it's not like girlfriends get together 
and necessarily talk about pelvic dysfunction or sexual dysfunction or any of that. So that has really inspired the way that I create and hold containers for this, as well as inspired my community on Instagram is really just allowing other women to have a space to know that you aren't alone, to know that pain and dysfunction is not normal. It is not part of being a woman. It is something, a symptom or a message from your body that is telling us something is off. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? It's when we start to learn to listen to that, we can really unlock some profound gifts in our life. And that is what has brought me here. Wow. I can't wait to unpack that. There's so many things that you just said there that I feel like most people, I mean, including myself would never connect to pelvic health and, you know, and one of those being stored trauma in the body. And so, you know, in my initial thought, I'm thinking, okay, if it's pelvic related pain, then I would associate it with the pelvis, but there's a huge nervous system element. And I I actually want to read something that you, uh, I found that you wrote and I just loved the way that you really created this picture. And you said, when we begin this work at home and cultivate a reciprocal trusting relationship with our own body and nervous system, healing begins to occur. We're able to receive, which I know this is that you, you use that word in, in talking about your journey, but we're able to receive on a deeper level because the nervous system isn't fighting us and trying to protect us. The more gentle we are, the more the body armor melts, feeling the shifts in our own body, remembering how to listen and ultimately learning how to trust our body again is the greatest gift of this experience. And I just, I mean, I felt like I just heard your voice in that. I heard not only your personal journey, because I think that's what brings so many practitioners into the natural space is because they've experienced something that was so disruptive to their life and they had to find a solution. And generally it took, you know, years and a lot of, you know, no's or a lot of paths that led to dead ends to try and find the thing that works for you. And that's what makes it, it's such a passion because you landed on something and you're like, I tried a lot, but this is what I know to be true and I've seen it work. And, and so that really comes through in, in all of your work. But I would love for you to maybe just break down, like, why is it so important for women, especially to understand their anatomy there, that they have these body literacy practices and to even understand what pelvic health means? Because like I said, maybe, maybe if you're listening and you're like, I don't, you know, have incontinence or bladder issues or sexual dysfunction. So my pelvis must be totally fine. Why should any woman, you know, that maybe doesn't have a symptom they could put their finger on still, you know, need to be knowledgeable or understand the role that their pelvic health plays in their overall well-being? Beautiful question. And I really think that, you know, this work goes so much deeper than symptoms, even if we start with, or someone comes to me because of a symptom, we immediately zoom out to the whole body because it's never rooted exactly in the way that it's physically manifesting. And even if someone has a beautiful, open, spacious body and no symptoms whatsoever, then because we exist in a society that is very fast paced, 
and we hold so much even ancestral trauma in our bodies, there is likely work to be explored in that. And if we are bringing children into the world, if we are teaching or inspiring others, we have to do the work first and lead the way. And I think that, you know, it can be easy to be like, I don't have any symptoms. I'm like, good, which is amazing. (laughs) And we don't have to wait for those to show up. And, you know, if you've been curious ever about anatomy, for example, I think there's so much out there with self-love and like loving and accepting our body. But I think it's really hard to do if we don't actually understand what is going on underneath the surface. And if we can't fully embrace, understand, acknowledge a part of our body that has been shamed, that has been so taboo that we often don't talk about it. You know, it's, it's just another body part. And when we normalize that language, instead of using like PP, we say vagina, (laughs) you know, all of that unlocks so much in ourselves and in our tissues and in our awareness of, you know, feeling safe and secure and confident in our bodies. And when we can do that, you know, that translates to every aspect of our life. That's great. That, and that, that is a really great point to bring up too. I think that the more that you can become educated on your body, the more you're able to understand what type of care you need to be giving yourself, you know, or, or what areas need to be prioritized in order for healing to occur. And a lot of times symptoms just get lumped into a bucket of, well, this is just disrupting my life and I just want it to go away. Whereas the body is really trying to tell us, Hey, there's something that's going on. Like there's something that is compromised. And if it's not addressed, it's going to just trickle downhill. There'll be other systems affected. And then you really get to a place where you feel bad. And at that point, you know, you're desperate because now your life is, is, you know, it's not what it was and you're not able to do the things that you once could before. And that can be really discouraging. That's not a great place to be. So what are some of the most common symptoms that you see with women that have pelvic dysfunction, you know, that's kind of a a classic or or characteristic case that you would say, we know we've got pelvic floor issues. I've recently started working with a pelvic floor therapist because I've been (laughs) pregnant and we were talking earlier, you know, I, I really thought that, you know, pelvic health was like, okay, well, when you have kids and your pelvis is now holding a human, like that's probably when the breakdown occurs which is completely false. (laughs) So I realized how ignorant and limited my understanding was, but for, you know, a woman, maybe if they're early twenties or something, what are some of the things that maybe they could catch early that you would indicate right off the bat? Hey, you know, we need to address this. There's some, there's some pelvic dysfunction going on. You know, oftentimes there is menstrual pain, digestive dysfunction, There can be things like hormonal imbalances or fertility challenges. There can be even cognitive dysfunction of some sort or a sense of, you know, insecurity even. And I know that we're tapping into feelings here, but the way that when we go through life and most of us have been exposed to some sort of emotional trauma in our lives, whether it was being bullied in school or being told no by our parents, which is like so harmless, right? And meant to protect us. 
but we don't understand that. And as we do that, we start to tense up. We start to curl forward to protect our major organs. We often suck in our bellies and hold tension there. And so if any of these patterns are showing up, really the way that I look at this is we just start to create space. (laughs) And again, it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be this like huge, painful, like center of my life pain or symptom because the body whispers long before it screams. And if we begin to listen sooner then it won't ever have to scream. And that's something that I wish that I would have known. I share this from experience. So there's no shame or judgment for being like, whoa, like I haven't thought about any of this. I share it because I hadn't either, (laughs) you know, and it's really, I do work with some women who are in their early twenties and I'm just like, oh, I'm a little jealous. And this is so awesome. You're here. And I work with women all the way up into their 60s that are just starting to discover this work. So I think it's so, you know, it's never too early and it's also never too late. And maybe you take some things that you're like, yeah, this is helpful. But then after you have a baby, the same work can apply. When you transition into your menopausal years, we can come back to the same practices and the same basic knowledge that can support us in our bodies in all chapters of life. Yeah. So I would love to know, uh, so when you say creating space, especially now, is this like a, you know, I think that there, I think you're referring to two different areas, you know, whether it's emotional and kind of mindset and understanding, you know, okay, I've got some other things that are, that maybe have happened or presented themselves before, but now it's, it's manifesting in the tissues and the structural nature of my body, right? Because our bodies are trying to protect us. And so when we get in stressful scenarios, the body will adapt to that. And sometimes we don't get back to baseline. The body is, is kind of stuck in a position of protecting us. And, but that's not the way it's designed to stay. So for like somebody that's showing up, it says, you know, I've got these symptoms. What type of work is it that they're doing? Is it physical work? Is it mindset work? What does that creating space look like in order to heal or reverse those symptoms? It begins with creating space in our life, which is really initiating yourself into this work in some way. And my, you know, when I start work with someone, no matter where the symptoms are expressing, we do not start with intravaginal pelvic work or focusing right on the pelvis. We really zoom out Most of us who have been going through, especially if we have symptoms, are doing way too much to heal. Out of the best place in our heart, out of the desire to heal and like really wanting to do the work, it's too much for the body to actually allow healing to occur, which the body does naturally if we create the space and the conditions for it to do so. I like to start with creating space then in your home and having a safe, familiar space to start to do this work, start to orient to your pelvis emotionally and energetically. Again, not diving right into like, there's something wrong with me. I need to go right there and we need to fix it. Because if there's pain somewhere, like if there was a burn on our hand, we don't go right to the burn and like rub it around and be like, okay, heal faster. The body is going to brace, right? And when the body braces, it creates more tension. So allowing then creating space in our body. And that means in the whole body because the pelvis is central. 
It has attachments to all of the abdominal muscles, to muscles that run like our latissimus dorsi lats, our arm. And there's fascial lines that run through the entire body. And so it's really, again, important that we start to create space physically also around the pelvis and that structure, because if we just go in and start to try to do some adjustments in the pelvic diaphragm or the pelvic floor muscles, everything surrounding that structure is still in the same pattern from the emotions, from the trauma, from going through life and will often revert. There's also the dynamic of our abdomino-pelvic organs, so the digestive system and all of the organs that sit under the thoracic diaphragm, under our lungs, are held by the pelvic diaphragm. And the pelvic diaphragm is actually a group of accessory breathing muscles. That is their primary function is to support breathing. And they should be able to move with the thoracic diaphragm. When we suck in our bellies, when we exercise a lot, when we carry emotional trauma and tension in our core, those organs and tissues begin to become stuck and adhesed and ultimately kind of heavy on the pelvic floor, the pelvic diaphragm. So it's important that we create this space, that we allow this flow and this movement and fluidity to return to this whole structure And then when we go in and we do internal work, whether that's at home and I lead women through those practices in their own home, or they come to me in person, the depth of receiving the work and the changes that occur are so much faster and actually more sustainable and continue to unwind for weeks and months, even after just one session, which is so mind-blowing. That's incredible. And I think I personally have experienced some of the benefits of doing some of this during my pregnancy, which I should have done after, after my first two, but I didn't know about it. I really didn't know this was even a thing because that was, you know, 10 years ago. And I think I'm experiencing a lot more pain this time around one, because I'm quite a bit older, (laughs) but also because I never did any healing and repair work after those kids, I had both the girls kind of close together. And I just think that my body kind of closed up, like you said, and it adapted and it kind of healed in in the way that it was given, but it was also super stressful. You have postpartum, there's all of these other demands on your body and fluctuating hormones. So you really, you know, get, can compromise the healing process then, which again, it's like scar tissue because it just, it, it, he kind of, it adapts in the ways that you allow it to. And if there's no intention in the healing process, then time goes by. And now all of a sudden you've got imbalance. And so I think, what what are your thoughts on, um, like chiropractic work too, to help structurally with like pelvic alignment? Is that something that you see that works hand in hand with a lot of the pelvic therapies that you're talking about? I personally don't have not gone to a chiropractor in years. I think that, and some women I work with love their chiropractor. I think it's important to consider if we have to be going to a practitioner like every week to get adjustments. And I speak from my experience of like acupuncture and massage and all these things I was doing. It was really just managing symptoms in a really holistic way without pills or surgery. But ultimately it was still like making sure that something wasn't going to come back as far as body work beyond the internal pelvic work. I highly recommend 
fascial or structural integration, like rolfing, there's different types of structural integration. The fascia is what holds everything together. And so we can create change in muscle structure and bone structure, but again, patterns and emotions and trauma are held in this fascial matrix in our body. And that's why we can have, you know, if somebody comes to me and their right hip is really sore, for example, I'm going to work with their left shoulder first (laughs) and their neck. And that is because a large part of the fascial network, um, anatomy trains is a great Tom Myers work is a great resource. If you're really curious about that, but it is a very understudied, it's getting more research very important part of our body. It wraps nerves, it wraps muscle fibers, it connects. If we took everything else away from our body, we would be left with a 3D human form of fascia. Hmm. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. I don't know that I would have ever pictured that, but now that you say it, I can kind of see it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And if you Google like living fascia, there's videos and it's like this webby glistening structure is just incredibly wise and intelligent and yeah. so important. That's true. And and how would you say that even connects to the nervous system? Because, you know, that there's so much connection in pelvic health and nervous system health and, and ultimately how the body communicates, right? Because it uses mm-hmm. these neural pathways to communicate in all areas of the body. So what's that piece or that connection look like? Yeah, great question. The nervous system is, you know, that is what is ruling everything in our body, right? And when we, it's a big part of what has inspired my work of doing this beginning, at least at home with the woman at home online and having that safety and resource within herself and her home, the creating space in life and home first, because Again, when we start to go, when we're like, I just need to fix something, we can end up in a practitioner's office in this like totally fight or flight mode of, okay, I'm doing this because I need to be fixed, but I'm like kind of freaking out here, breathing through it. The body and the tissues are not opening up to receive the healing and it's not, it can temporarily benefit, but the way that we can shift that is to go slow and again, really cultivate this relationship with our whole body. The other piece of that is, especially when it comes to pelvic trauma and pelvic tension, when we hold our muscles over time and, you know, when we go into like a survival mode or we're tracking our safety or sitting in traffic or at work or at our desk, we often, without thinking about it, tighten our pelvic muscles and our pelvic diaphragm or abdominal muscles. Over time, tension creates less blood flow. There's less space for blood to flow. That impedes lymph function and the space that lymph needs to flow. When tissues start to become dry, depleted, hypertonic, weak, that is going to create tension on the nerves and actually impacts the sheath surrounding the nerves. And that's when we have pain or numbness or dysfunction in other systems. So as we, you know, and a big one with this is something like pap smears or having IUDs placed. Our cervix is innervated by the vagus nerve. So it can create profound shifts in our whole physiology 
when we have changes to our pelvis or our cervix, and we don't then go to unwind that trauma that's held in the tissues. And on the flip side of that, when we do address this in a way that is gentle and easeful and regulated, our whole physiology can start to change. Wow. Okay. You just, you really like, I I feel like now we just opened a can of worms that I'm kind of excited to go into because this is, this is so common for women, especially women that are health conscious. And, and I actually was just, uh, having conversation with somebody about this very recently, uh, because we talked about, you know, IUDs and, you know, it, it always comes up with a lot of women that are looking for a more natural approach to contraceptives or, or, you know, some type of birth control. And, you know, we now know really the ramifications and how disruptive the pill can be. And so a lot of women are opting for, you know, uh, an IUD or even, you know, like one that's non-hormonal, like a copper one, but, and and thinking, okay, well now it, it doesn't have the hormone element, but there are a number of ways in which that can impact the body. And I never would have put it together that it impacts pelvic health because I, I love the descriptive nature that you gave that really built kind of a framework to understand of how the fascia and the nerves and the blood flow, and it, it creates stress patterns around the pelvis area. It's not just, you know, we say pelvic health and sometimes my, my mind will just think, okay, it's just the bony structure of the pelvis but it's what is everything that's wrapped in that. And you, you think about it. I mean, you've got a lot of organ systems, dense organ systems, the reproductive system, part of GI tract, like so many, so many nerves, the vagus nerve. I mean, all of that, which then communicates with the brain. So if you've got this heightened level of stress in that area, you can be driving that fight or flight response all the time, which just perpetuates you know, a compromised state of your immune system. I mean, it it goes, you can see how quickly those things can all start to crumble just because the fascia and and that, that structure, that area of your body is now under a high level of stress. So when it comes to like an IUD, you know, what would you say to somebody that maybe has one that's like, you know, I've, maybe I do have some GI issues or I do have hormone imbalance. I do experience some anxiety, you know, where would you begin in trying to unpack, you know, how to heal the body is removing it. The only option, what would your, what would your recommendation be there? Yeah, that is so tricky. And I want to proceed with caution and just say that I honor everyone's choices around their bodies. And I think that it is really important to examine where we are trying to get out of some responsibility about our body. And I was on birth control for most of, from my teenage years into my twenties. And, you know, I am grateful in my teen years when I knew nothing about my cycle and nothing about my body that I did not get pregnant. (laughs) And at the same time, you know, we are not fertile for very many days. There are so many options. The fertility awareness method works. And, you know, there's so many options around getting to know our bodies on a very deep level to manage fertility, both pro baby and trying to avoid baby and everywhere in between. And there's so much around that that comes from 
fear of speaking up to a partner or fear of pregnancy in general, because we don't understand, you know, what our fertile window even looks like. And that can be really hard to come back to, you know, especially when, after we've been on birth control for a long time, it's really hard for me to work with women with an IUD physically when we do intravaginal work, because there is risk of that shifting or tearing or disrupting something. A copper IUD is creating inflammation in the body to prevent pregnancy. Anytime we have inflammation that is impacting systems on levels that we could try to unpack, but it, it is impacting something. Other IUDs have risk of shattering and like breaking into pieces, you know, and I've never heard of someone who had like a pleasant experience having one removed or put in. And so I really, you know, if someone is feeling like, I don't know if this is right for me, I think that the best way to get into this work is just exploring and getting to know your body. Like my introductory program, we don't do any intravaginal work. We don't do pelvic work or deep womb massage. And that is anyone is welcome there because that, I don't think that changing our diet or changing our birth control or, you know, anything from a place of should really creates change in a positive and sustainable manner. When we know about our body, when we understand it, when we have an appreciation or gratitude for it and can start to really have that relationship with it, that's where change can occur and choices can be made from this more empowered, knowledgeable state around things like birth control or other prescriptions or you know, even surgery. And you touched on scar tissue earlier. I've had breast implants put in and breast implants removed. And scar tissue is a real thing in the body. And no matter how, you know, quote unquote, big or small a surgery was, it creates scar tissue and that, that spreads. It doesn't just stay in one place, unfortunately, and it impacts our entire body. And I have ramifications from my surgery that I will work with for the rest of my life. (laughs) And when we start to work with that tissue and love on it and manipulate it a bit, you know, it's, it's kind of a opportunity really to have a deeper relationship with our body. Man. Well, okay. You're in good company because I wore two peas in a pod there. I had breast implants as well. Also explanted in 2019 Mm. and, um, exact. I mean, I couldn't agree more in, in that I'm still doing the work, you know, it's then that's really, uh, we, we talked about this pre-show a little bit, but this is what the podcast really stands behind. This is what the Institute is, is it exists for is to educate people because there are so many things that you probably would never even realize. And even if you eliminate them from your life, you don't realize the long-term effects of how it's still, it's still in some way impacting your health because the body does store traumas and even our mind, right? Like our, our mind learns certain ways of adaptation. You know, we start, we think in terms of limitations so often and so much of the healing work begins when we can understand what's really happening in our bodies. And so I love and appreciate so much that you come from this place of, it's not necessarily about having every right thing. You know, if there's a lot of different modalities, therapies, herbs, supplements, they're great, but sometimes you've got to just 
pull everything away and look at what, what, what's currently standing in, in my way right now from healing, because the body is so designed to heal without us having to, you know, force and manipulate things. Sometimes we have to get out of the way. And I think that, you know, I keep hearing this like theme and and you reiterating the fact that we need to be able to clear out space for the healing to happen before we start layering in other practices. And, and I really, really identify with that. And I can appreciate that so much because sometimes a lot of good things can ultimately be a setback if it's, you know, if it's just not, if it's not done in the right timing or, you know, or, or, you know, within the right, um, orientation or, uh, framework in which you're processing healing. So I love that so much, you know, when you talk about pelvic health and stored traumas and kind of taking people down this journey, when you get to the place where they can experience, you know, some of like the, the physical mechanisms or exercises or or things that you would be recommending that they do in their own home. If there's one thing that's like a tactical strategy or a tactical uh, exercise that women could be doing that you would say universally maybe applies, like every woman could benefit from doing this. Is there something that, that kind of, you know, is a, is a blanket, like all women should be doing this no matter what age or, you know, what type of condition that they're starting with that would help their pelvic health and help inflammation, help their bodies stay in a position of healing? That would be pelvic steaming or yoni steaming or vaginal steaming, unless you are pregnant or currently bleeding. (laughs) Okay. Well, break that down. (laughs) I'm intrigued right now. I need to know right now because I fit in the pregnancy bucket, (laughs) not for much longer. It's great for postpartum and it is great. You know, it's such, it's an ancient practice of, it originated actually from women's straddling steam vents in the earth. And it is, so now at home, we take hot water. You can add herbs if you have them and you sit over the warm steam, not burning hot steam. That is the biggest argument that will come from some voices that you could burn yourself. We don't drink the hot tea if we are consuming it and we don't sit over the too hot steam. It's not something of trying to like bear it. (laughs) It's a very gentle practice. You not drink the tea you are sitting over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They get asked like, it's, it's so gentle. I'm not sure if it's doing anything and it doesn't, again, it does not have to be this like burning sensation to be doing something. And that is a common thing that we work through with this, with my work in general is doing less and being gentle and slowing down. And it's like so hard because we're so programmed to go fast, to do more, to feel we need intensity. We need strength. We need like, go, go, go. It's unwinding all that. Pelvic steaming is something that is invasive and supporting just reconnecting to our pelvis, our vagina, our perineum. It supports blood flow returning to the space, which blood flow really helps healing. (laughs) We need blood flow to heal. And it is a practice that supports moving through stagnation that is held in the uterus, 
moving through stagnation that is held in the pelvic tissues energetically and emotionally. And, you know, I think that I've seen women have fibroids come out. I have seen fertility return. It is like this, you know, I don't want to say it's like this magical fix all, but highly recommend pelvic steaming. And the, you know, it's something that there's so much around like shame or like smell or like I'm doing something bad or wrong by doing this. I remember going through and I speak from experience there. Cause again, never in a million years did I think that I would be sitting over steam for my yoni, but it is truly a beautiful practice. And again, non-invasive, we don't have to go digging around in our pelvis before we're ready for internal work to start receiving some benefit and really preparing the tissues in such a beautiful way to receive the work. So there's already, you know, and that's another thing with starting kind of externally and working our way down and in to prepare for pelvic work is we get blood flow deeper and deeper into the body. So there's blood knocking on the door of these tissues that we can access later on. I share a how-to video in my free content library <laughs> on pelvic steaming. Okay, good. I was just <laughs> I'm sitting here using my imagination, thinking how how, you, how do you yeah, do this? totally. <laughs> so I'm really glad there is, and and I did actually see that you have that resource available. So what what yeah. you're referring to is I saw on it was linked in your bio through Instagram. It is, um, and and uh, yes, a free content library. So. I'll have to uh, watch that video so that I can I can get the picture because I'm sure it's different than what I'm I'm <laughs> somewhat imagining. I'm like, how do you do this? What um what's the frequency in which you do this practice or recommend doing this practice? Yeah, I recommend starting with once a week because you know, and there's different like if you're working with a practitioner, I can you know, when I work together with somebody, I can support you with a protocol that really supports your cycle. But I think the once a week is a great way to cultivate the practice. Just make a habit out of it first. Then, you know, feel it out, get your setup. Because if you don't have, they make steam saunas that are just like a wooden box. You put the bowl of hot herbs in and you sit over it. And there's also ways that I share that you can do it with like chairs and a cutting board and a pot and some sheets at home and make it work that way. Okay. Just starting is great. And it is really, you know, there's going to be stuff that comes up emotionally and like, am I doing this wrong? And this kind of feels weird, but also nice and really relaxing. And, you know, I invite you, if you do try this practice to, Take some deep breaths as you do it and connect to your body and your uterus and your womb space if you don't have a uterus. And, you know, just feeling into what warmth and spaciousness and flow feels like in your body. Wow. That was great. I never would have anticipated we would have landed there because I didn't I didn't <laughs> even know that that existed, to be honest. I really awesome. you know. This is, I'm learning so much. So, uh, but I appreciate that because I, again, you know, there are so many times where, you know, women, I think just feel discouraged because they have fertility issues or they have, you know, severe postpartum and then they, they don't ever feel the same. I can't even tell you how many women that I've worked out with and 
they won't even do box jumps because, or jumping jacks because they're like, I, I cannot do that without, you know, having to change my pants afterwards. And, Mm -hmm. and we think that this is normal. We just think, well, you know, I had kids. And so that's just what happens. Like you have leakage, you have, you know, pain, pelvic pain, and it's really, it shouldn't be right. That's just a sign that the body has not recovered and regained balance the way that it should. So I think that exploring, you know, what are the ways in which I can start to peel back the traumas and some of the imbalance and dysfunction and beginning with that pelvic space itself and and identifying, okay, maybe I do have some stored traumas. Maybe I do have some things that need to be worked on first. And then we start doing some of the other muscle work or fascia work or um, structural work. Uh, I think that that progression is really beautiful and it does take time. You know, I think that's, you know, probably one thing that's oftentimes difficult, you know, is that we, we want to just feel better or we're just not going to commit to the practices of it. So I love that you kind of have this step-by-step system where you're teaching people, but they're also being able, they're experiencing probably some release, like some, even if it's emotional release, you know, that, that alone can do uh, wonders. Like even if, even if the symptoms not entirely gone, it's a different, it's a different way of viewing your body. And and that itself is very therapeutic and healing. So I want to shift gears really quick as we kind of put a bow on this um, episode. This has been really fun. We had a few people submit some questions and I would love to just run through these and get your opinion on them so that we can really help people where they're at. Um, we've had a couple come in about pelvic pain and digestive distress or poor gut health. Mm-hmm. So in what ways, you know, we hear a lot, we, we, t- we teach a lot at the Institute about gut health and repairing leaky gut. What else can people be considering or doing when it comes to their gut health and their pelvic health in general? You know, everything that we have touched on today, this restoring blood flow to our center and to the pelvic diaphragm supports the gut health because if there is a lack of blood flow and tension on the nerves in that space, then you can take all the supplements, you can eat all the foods that you're supposed to, but the nutrients and the benefit isn't actually reaching those tissues. And also when the pelvic diaphragm is functioning and moving up and down with the other one, there's like this internal massage that is kind of happening with these organs. That is how they're built to function. So there is such wisdom in restoring that flow. Wow. That's, that is really great. And we do, I mean, that, that is something that is known as, you know, when blood flow is shunted away from digestive efforts because of stress now digestion is impaired. It's slowed down. It downregulates. So now you have poor motility. So maybe if you're experiencing constipation, is that something that you would say is like a, a, a very classic symptom of? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've seen women with a lifetime of constipation resolve that saying, wow. you know, I came in with IBS and that has also result, you know, there's so many layers to it, but when we get, when we start at the root of our body, the space that, you know, everything settles here, whether it's anesthesia or toxins or emotions or trauma, it comes down to our root. And so clearing that and creating this flow in that center supports the organs above it. You know, our uterus sits right up next to part of our digestive system. So it's all just so interconnected. Yeah. 
that's the more you're even walking me through this, the more I'm, I'm beginning to think, wow, there's so much more here than I could have imagined. Uh, but you're right. It's, you know, even detoxification and, you know, all of these things that we try, you know, to kind of manipulate and puppeteer with maybe some external things or some supplements, which can provide some relief. But again, you know, if the, the, the nature in our, of our body is that it's holding on to stress or it's inflamed, then you're, you're really not going to win a battle. You're kind of run, running up a downhill escalator. Like you're going to have to work really hard and, you know, not really cover a whole lot of ground. Maybe you'll cover enough to, uh, alleviate the symptom, but it's ultimately not getting at the root cause. So that's, that's really great insight. Um, somebody had asked about, you know, if they've seen a pelvic floor therapist and they've seen a little bit of movement and, you know, in terms of just moving the needle on their, on their pain, but then they felt like they kind of relapsed. Is there something that was missed? Is there something that they need to go back to? Do you suggest people starting over from scratch? Where, where would you direct or how would you help support somebody in that position? Yeah. The, when we talked about creating space surrounding the pelvis first, that is so important. The traditional PT is going to be more addressing trigger points and the appointment is likely 30 to 60 minutes long. I see women for a full day and we do whole body work to open up space and then do pelvic work. So it's really, you know, the sustainability of it is so, so important when we weave it into how it's connected to the rest of the body. That's great. That's great. And I I think that, you know, it, like you said, we're, we're kind of seeing so much that keeps coming back and surfacing about having to instead of attack this from, okay, well, I'm experiencing this one symptom, or I think I have just GI issues. It's regardless of where you're at, that the start line should be the same, which is creating space for the body to heal. And then taking a step-by-step approach in order to get to the muscle and the nerves and everything else downstream. So it's kind of like, you know, you can look at the top and and look at all the different pieces that you're experiencing day to day, but until you go back, everybody's got to start kind of back from, you know, square one and rebuild the body in a way that it can do what it needs to do. Because otherwise you're probably going to just keep re-experiencing a lot of the symptoms or the setbacks. And that's where I think a lot of people get frustrated. I know I've been there and, and it is frustrating when you're trying, you know, it's not a big surprise when, you feel bad, but you're not really doing a whole lot about it. But when you're actively trying to do all of the right things and you're still not getting the results that you would expect, that's when it can get really disappointing, you know, and, and a lot of people were just willing to give up because they think I'm just not putting forth any more effort into this or resources into this because I don't feel like it's getting me anywhere. So, uh, well, this has been such a fun conversation. I feel like now my wheels are turning <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of things I need to start working on. Um, but for, you know, anybody, a woman that is listening to this or anybody that's listening that maybe even has, maybe you have a spouse, you know, maybe your wife needs to know about this. If you're a man, hopefully you've stuck with us this long, but it will serve you if you can help your wife. How can they, one, find out about these programs that you're doing? How long are the programs generally? What's the first step or the next step for them to get connected to you to maybe learn about how they can 
incorporate this type of therapy um, and program into their life to experience some of the the same positive changes that you've experienced? Thank you. You know, listening to this and acknowledging anything that has come up during this is a step. And I just want to validate the courage and the vulnerability that it takes to even start to consider pulling on the thread of this work. You can find me and all of my work on Instagram at Integrative Pelvic Care. I typically start my introductory program as a five-module, five-week gentle ease into this work. And it is, you know, that's so important, I think, to really honor that it is turning a dial, not flipping a switch. We have been so wired to, you know, want it immediately, want it fast, but it's allowing, even if it takes three to six or 12 months and we're always headed in more spaciousness, more healing, I will take that over short-term results, quote unquote results anytime. And yeah, I think that's reach out on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Your Instagram is wonderful, by the way. She's um, integrative pelvic care. That's your, your Instagram handle, but you post a lot of great videos. So just on your feed alone, there's just so much that people can gain in terms of just a better understanding of pelvic health, but also that free resources or free content that you have that's linked in your bio has awesome videos. I'm definitely going to go watch the one about the steaming. So I I need to, (laughs) I need to get my head around that and understand it even more. And I, I I love that we even brought that up because again, this is, you know, we're all learning. And I, I think that the more that we can empower people and the more that we can understand our bodies, the better equipped we are to make the right decisions to help our bodies heal. So make sure that you follow Caitlin on Instagram Uh, The programs that you offer, I think are awesome. And those are also linked through your Instagram handle as well. But thank you so much for being with us, for sharing your story, your journey, your personal experience. Um, If you are a female and this is resonating with you, or you know, you have a friend that's struggling with infertility or any other type of imbalance, make sure that you like this episode, share it, comment. We really love connecting with you, knowing if this information is valuable, if it's changing your life, we want to celebrate that with you. So thank you for being with us today, Caitlin. Hopefully we will hear so much more from you. And, um, and we just hope that this serves all of the listeners in such a great way. Thank you so much.